as soon as they get life, they're going away. They're not picking up that life and carrying it and then going, oh, now I'm ready to move because life is frightening for them. So they usually are finding a way to move away from the danger. So they're constantly ready to sort of go backwards or sideways, but in, a, in not a very sort of soft, um, energetic way. So with the horses that are really stuck, you've got to get the brace out of the base of the neck and you've got them to, get them to carry life so they can actually pick their body up and back up like that. Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions, in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. We're talking to Mark today in Western Australia, where he's teaching for a few weeks before heading to Adelaide in South Australia. It's been another packed year for Mark. Five more clinics to go before he stops and gets a break. That'll bring his total to over 50 clinics this year. Quite incredible when you appreciate he often does 11-hour days teaching, and each clinic is often over three or four days. So it's great to have you with us, Mark, and to help steer some horse training and offer some advice. Today, we're going to specifically address body language. What is it we need to be looking for in certain situations? To begin with, a question from Claire. She wants to know, and she's been working specifically on float float loading. She'd like to know how long should you be working on loading at any one time, given that if there's no urgent need to get it done, when when do you know to stop? And this has been echoed by another member who would just like to know in general, really, when do you give up and what body language should you be looking for to know when to stop a lesson? Um, it's a really good, you know, question because there's one of the biggest things that, um, I, you know, questions that I come across is, you know, people do want to know, you know, how, how long can I train my horse for? How, how long will it learn for? Um, you know, when should I stop? And, and um, <clears throat> the horses have got quite a, uh, a long attention span, especially when you get them in the right headspace. So, you know, so when you're working a horse, the lesson will always start. So say, for instance, on the float, the lesson's going to start and there's going to be sort of, you know, certain anxieties. There's going to be sort of, you know, little bits of things that are, the horse is finding a little bit difficult, sort of a bit of brace, the horse looking around, different things like that. Um, and when I'm training, I'm actually looking for a change in the horse's emotion. So, uh, and and a feeling in the horse that it got to get supple. Um, and then I could quit at any time when the horse has a good shift in thought like that. So a shift in thought could be like, um, you know, you're just outside the horse float and you're you're sort of, you know, you've gone away, you've done your leading and the horse is pretty supple away from the float, but near the float you find it get a bit uh, nervous and uh, when it may sniff the ramp if you give it a long rope and it might be a bit curious of the float, but when you're actually leading up onto the ramp and the horse is putting its foot on the ramp, you'll feel like a a caution and a stiffness and a brace where the horse is maybe thinking backwards, its ears will be kind of flat, not flat back like they're pinned to kick another horse, but they're kind of just backwards and stiff and and the horse is not really engaging uh, and then you might work through that and then that horse starts to loosen and engage you you usually see if the horse has been carrying a bit of tension um, you often see a, a, a release of tension you'll see the eyes start to blink a bit a softening of the face a general softening of the eye the ears will get softer and the, the horse will kind of loosen up its mouth uh, might lick and chew a little bit 
uh, and might start to draw the air in. Uh, so they start to breathe and they'll sniff because they, you know, then they'll sniff the float or something like that. So like I'm always constantly looking for changes like that. And, um, you know, so if, if I didn't get a change, I'd probably stay in a small lesson near or on the ramp or something until the horse makes a, a change. And then you could quit at that change or you could go away, have a little break and come back again. Um, I've had times where I've had to load horses and I've, I've just not had an option because it's at the end of a clinic and um, the, the people need a hand to get a horse on. And, and I've had to kind of put them through more than I'd be willing to put them through at home. And they've gone okay and they've accepted us as long as I've got them in the right headspace, you know. So like I said before, when they let go of the tension, their jaw loosens, they start to sort of open up their mind, they get loose and soft in the lead and they, and they kind of accept the feel. And then they start to sort of, um, they let go of the outside thought, they're, they're inside the float emotionally uh, with the field. And they can actually continue that, that, uh, that headspace for quite some time and then you can continue with the loading lesson. But if you're going away, if you, sorry, if you don't have an urgency, uh, especially if you think your horse has um, got the possibility of being quite claustrophobic uh, and things like that, you're best off you know, getting a positive change of thought where the horse is engaging with the float, with the feel, it's soft, it's very interruptible. What I mean interruptible is it, 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 any, if it has a bit of a backward thought or if a horse goes by or it sees something uh, just away from the float, it doesn't fixate on it, you know, so when they fixate, they get those hard, glazy eyes and they look and they won't let go of that thought. So so adjustable means that if a horse looks away and then you pick up on a feel, it just comes back with that feel instantly with its thoughts. Um, and, you know, it's, it's nice and loose in its mind as it's loading. So um, you'd get a, a nice change and then you can take your horse away and come back again uh, later or, or the next day and, and get another change. But um, in regarding the floating... Um, so, so that change as a time frame, sorry, that change might be five minutes and might be half an hour to get a change. Um, and, and you, you might, um, you know, your, your horse might be one foot away from the ramp and that's where it gets quite hard. And then you just work that one foot away from the ramp until you get a nice soft thought change, the horse engages and then maybe, you know, sniffs the ramp, then you can take it away. <clears throat> You're not, um, getting a change at that spot and then taking it further and trying and further and trying and further and trying. You're just trying to get a soft change uh, at the first part of where you feel you need to help your horse, which is where the horse starts to kind of have that difficulty brace up a little bit and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I imagine it as a series of lines in the ground that where I feel brace and anxiety and then I just keep going over that line backwards and forwards and uh, till till there's, I can't feel any resistance and then I go to the next one and the next one and it could be only like a half a foot apart but every stage of that loading has to be soft so if you do it like that you can always gain a little bit bit of softness gain a little bit of distance into the float and then you can take your horse away and the next day you come back and and and, and you go over that again and you retest those lines that you've drawn um all the way up and into the float can you just explain what you might be looking for just to get the thought changed for people that perhaps haven't been to your clinics and see you do it and know, know what to look for? What are, they, yeah. what are you seeing when when the horse gets a thought change and goes, aha, and then the softness comes? Yeah, okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a, because I'm big on leading, it's a feeling in your hand as well as a visual, a visual thing. So 
Um, a lot of times when the horse is not wanting to load, um, everything is a bit stiff and, and rigid. Uh, so when you're asking for a step, it's always lazy, it's late, um, it's it's kind of resistant. Uh, the ears aren't moving a lot. Um, they're kind of usually in a position where, usually near a float, they're kind of in a kind of backward position because their thoughts have obviously thinking backwards and they kind of go I don't really want to go in there so they're kind of very very still there's more stillness the breathing and the drawing into the air is not happening as much they're not sort of absorbing the smells um so they're not sort of doing the more deeper breaths um I mean some of them will do this the, the noisy breaths where they do big big breaths where they like that and that's that means they're quite nervous um but in a lot of cases it's just more of like the shallow breathing and um, and, and yeah, if you had them quite soft outside and you could say, lead them past you and do a nice hindquarter yield just with a twist in the rope and they roll that hip over really soft and then you get near the ramp and then suddenly that's all unavailable. You'll fit the stiffness will be right up through the jaw, through the base of the neck. The hindquarters will be sort of stuck and almost sometimes they get a little bit wider. And, um, and as you're leading forwards and backwards, it'll almost feel like the front's leading a bit, but the hind is running late. Um, so if that's happening, you've got to keep working until all four feet are leading softly. You'll feel it in your hand. The horse will be loose and soft. The steps are a lot softer, as in they, 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 you, you, if you can control the lead, the lead uh, creates a cautious pathway. <clears throat> so what I mean is you're not pulling fast to go. You just you just ask really softly to move, and that horse is instantly the body and the muscles are loose and ready to move instantly as you put that feel on its head. And all four feet are kind of loose and they're stepping cautiously, not just kind of thumping down hard. And, and as I said, the hind feet won't be as wide. They'll be looser and they'll be coming through as you put the lead on, uh, you, you, you pick up the lead. Um, and as I say, the, the eyes and the ears, like the eyes will be kind of gets generally softer and, and they'll look like they're kind of um, in, in that environment. So there'll be more of a softer eye that's processing what's happening right there, not sort of blocking out what's there. Um, which means their eyes will be a bit more active. Uh, as I say, the, the tension, the, t the wrinkles in their muzzle and all that tension they get when they kind of hold their face tight um, will start to release and they'll, and they'll get a lot looser in their expression and softer. Um, and yet, as I say, the ears will start to, to move accordingly to the directions and the thoughts that they're having as, as you're kind of you know, asking for different things and, and they'll be able to lower their head easy because they're kind of soft, you know, so you can lower their head while they're leading in and you'll just feel them generally get nice and loose and comfortable and you'll see it visually through everything and feel it through their movement as well. For anyone wanting to watch some specific training videos that will help with their loading, Mark recommends fixing the pullback. Version one and two are both really good getting a young horse to lead towards worry and the video series on Coco, which is a horse that he bred that shows Mark getting her to let go of brace. On top of that, you've got the whole series that is just dedicated to loading and those videos will take you through how to prepare a horse for loading the steps that they need to be able to do before you even introduce a float or a trailer. Um, and then obviously the steps that you need to do and what to watch out for in the process of getting them to successfully and mentally feel okay about being in that float. So all of the floating videos are obviously very good, but if you're short on time, the ones I've just mentioned are really good ones to watch. Okay, you mentioned there that, you know, the feet can sometimes get behind you. Um, Briar's got a question in backing up, which I think is quite linked to that idea. 
she's um, horse uh, just sort of stops with his front feet. So his feet sort of drag along on the ground. It's almost like his body is going first, the feet are getting left behind. And as those front feet are dragging, he also spreads them wider. So the whole movement, I suppose, is not ideal in the backup. And she's just wondering what she can do to get him to sort of step a bit better with his hindquarters and he can manage a good front step. Is there anything that she can do to work with that? And uh, what are you looking for also in the backup in terms of, you know, what their body should be doing to know that the horse is actually feeling okay about it? Yeah. So it's very common to get horses that um, brace up in the base of the neck and plant their front feet. And when they back up, they push, they kind of, push off their front feet and they don't pick up in the knees because they're so braced in the front so they kind of drag their feet in the ground and and kind of you know if you if you had it if you were there in a sandy arena you'd see like a, a, these two tracks in the ground like that like you've just skidded a horse along without it moving its feet uh so so what happens is 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 yeah as i say they're bracing up pushing off the front they're carrying a lot of tension and then what's usually happening at the back end is the hocks are, are further out the back and and they their back feet will kind of sometimes be quite wide and uh you know sometimes they paddle with their back feet or they have bowie sort of back feet and they're not they're not bringing their hindquarter underneath them and they're not picking up in the wither and supporting their whole body through being balanced and having their foundation quite equal underneath them and a backup is also a two beat rhythm um and you see a lot of backups that the horses are usually braced in the front um They'll, they'll they'll have different beats. They'll have three or four beat backups where they're just they're scratching their feet and the front feet are usually so 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 as I say it's a two beat rhythm. It's a two beat diagonal, much the same as a trot. So except it's not like trotting. It, it, it's it's a it's a two beat diagonal rhythm like a trot, but looks like a walk because they're just kind of walking, not going trot 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 trot. Um, so so if the front left was picking up, then the right hind has to pick up at the same time and vice versa. So, you know, sometimes it's easy if you put a, 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 a bandage on your horse's feet, like diff, uh, a colour, so you can sort of coordinate it, but it doesn't really matter. But you've just got to be looking for if 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 the offside hind and the nearside front are picking up at the same time and then, and then it swaps over that it's the offside front and the nearside hind uh, in that one-two beat rhythm. And that's what you're looking for, uh, aiming for uh, that they can back up consistently with a nice two beat diagonal rhythm and um, and there's no resistance in there if they get the rhythm right then does that mean that the body movement is generally going to be right the rhythm can get better like usually the horses that are really jammed up in the front they're laid in the front so the rhythm's usually not right um, but there are horses that back up in a two beat rhythm but they're still scratching the ground like a chicken um because right. then they're still kind of bracy and i've seen a lot of horses that have the two beat rhythm but they're still not picking up in the knees and not carrying that life they need to to pick up and be nice and loose and, and nice and active in the backup so yeah it's 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 not the, the two the, some horses you get the two beat rhythm and things start to clean up and look better um and some have a two beat rhythm and they don't back up very well and they still need more work in in carrying more life um and 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 have a nice strong healthy backward thought so um, okay so how what can Briar do then to get these front feet to do the right thing and not drag 
Okay, so so one of the biggest things is um, they've got to stop leaning and bracing. So the reason why horses, a lot of horses, and I don't know if it's a uh, even if it was a young horse, they get that like there's there's horses that are young that freeze and they freeze and they just freeze their front feet and because they're still frozen, um, they they've got very rigid muscles and 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 they they're kind of resisting as they're backing. So that resistance, that mental and physical resistance in their body causes them to sort of back quite stiff and that stiffness causes the um, the body to, to back up like that. So if it was that case, you, you would have to spend a bit of time just softly getting your horse to, you know, just just do little increments backwards and forwards and, and, and get a thought change where they let go of that gazy freeze. So a frightened horse that's frightened of people, you're going to go and hold them under the chin and they're going to have a, a frightened, freezy thought while you're trying to back them up. So, you know, those horses might need you to sort of um, be around them a bit more, get them a little softer so they trust being around you and then back them up in increments so they start to just let go of the, the fear of, of somebody. So that one that can cause a lot of freeze in the backup. But I won't go down that subject too much. I'll, I'll more so talk about the the brace and the and the resistance to pressure that's causing it. And um, so some horses are a bit they're ridden and they kind of they've learnt to lean into the reins and they protect their body in a brace. They just brace up because you know the reins crash into them and then they brace up. And then every time you pick up on their on their nose or on their mouth to back up, they kind of just brace up and then they push off their front. So. Um, the things that you need in a, in a good backup is you need the horse to be able to carry life and then it has to go in that direction with its thoughts. It can't be thinking forwards on leaning into the pressure and just scratching its feet back, moving away from the pressure. So it has to be thinking backwards. But But first of all, for the horses that are really stuck and don't pick up in the knees, you've got to create life in the horse and the idea of the horse wanting to move without necessarily allowing it to go very far. So so a lot of horses that I meet have, have been moved away from pressure. So they just, as soon as they get life, they're going away. They're not picking up that life and carrying it and then going, oh, now I'm ready to move because life is frightening for them. So they usually are finding a way to move away from the danger. So they're constantly ready to sort of go backwards or sideways, but in a, in not a very sort of soft, um, energetic way. So with the horses that are really stuck, you've got to get the brace out of the base of the neck and you've got them to, get them to carry life so they can actually pick their body up and back up like that. If you allow them to back up too quickly, they'll do their same old habit, push off the front. So if you can imagine, you want all the legs to be underneath them. So... I might pick up and, you, and there's a lesson um, and, 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 and online there's a lesson where I you know, get horses to lift the wither and, and, and get the brace out of the, the front and that's where I do a lot of lifting and I wait and I might push them across and lift and hold until they lift and they move across. So I'm kind of holding their head up until they – because when you push a horse's head up, they'll freeze more in the front. But if you wait there um, and even if you bang your leg while you're waiting there, they'll finally recognise that freezing there is not working so they'll release their front feet a little bit. And then you keep doing that exercise until as you lift, you'll see all their body start to twitch and their feet start to move and think about, like, I might want to go somewhere. And um, for the horses that are really chronic that, that push off the front, you, you want them to lift and loosen. And then you might ask them just to shift sideways across. So you shift them over. So instead of going forward, uh, sort of backwards, 
you're actually saying, now just move across and then maybe forwards. And then you'll get to a stage that once they can break free a little bit, you can kind of have a flag over their wither or something. And you can pick up the knot on the rope to lift their head up. And then as you see them kind of starting to search, you wiggle the flag a little and, that, and then the flag will give them a little bit of like, oh, what's happening? And you'll see them shuffle all their feet. And, 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 and you're kind of getting a loose life back through to the body, but you're not saying back up. And with that loose life, you can just go, just rock them forwards and backwards a little bit. And you're encouraging that hindquarter just to wobble loose and put and, and, and the horse just to kind of shuffle all its feet a little sideways, a little backwards, a little forwards until the horse has kind of picked up all its feet underneath it like that. And, and, and so, so what that's doing, it's, it's getting the horse to loosen all its muscles, carry some energy and be ready to move, but not just kind of, because the opposite thing which is causing the brace is the horse moving with kind of tight muscles and they're just backing with all their muscles tight. So you're saying just loosen up, carry some life, lift a bit, but don't back up until you see all the feet loose and the horse can pick them all up. And if the horse can just gently pick all its feet and kind of you, you watch them loosen all their feet, you know that they, they have to get to a stage that their hindquarter and forequarter in a better position so they can pick up each foot without being putting all their weight on their front feet. Um, and and usually that gets them to start to prepare to back up. And then so so then from there, I'll start to back them up. So I'll pick up the lead get them loose. I'll create a little bit more life in the flag above their, above, their, above their body. So it's not in the middle of their body. So they're not kind of going to go away from the flag. And when they got that little bit of life, I'll just take the tiniest step back. And I'll say, I want extra life, but only a little bit of backup for a while. And I might do that for a fair while, especially if it's a chronic brace. And then what happens, they get a lot of life and they only go a little bit backwards. So they're not pushing off anything to go back a long way. They're just kind of and then they'll start to pick up in the knees and they'll start to pick up and get a little bit more cautious in their movement. And, and you, can, you can get them loose like that and then start to build a backup. But eventually you want to get to a stage that you can drive that backup where they can go faster and they pick up in the knees. But you've got to get the body loose, do little backup, little tiny bits with a lot of lateral work as well where you just pick them up, move them across, move the hindquarter over, forwards, backwards. Um, and that, that, that definitely gets their feet back underneath them and the life in them so they can start to, to, to back up by picking up their feet. The other thing you can also do is put lots of logs and poles and different things out and have them just walking tight little things around poles and, you know, even to the stage they've got to back over a pole and go over a pole and, and, and they've got to really pick up their feet and kind of figure out where they've got to put their feet and that gets them sort of lifting and, and, and being more aware of their feet and, and what they're doing. Um, with their legs and 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 that's really good because it sometimes just takes that habit of just freeze push off and 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 yeah get some gets their mind to their feet so so when you're doing the leading around poles it's not just walking over poles it's turn tight <coughs> over a pole so the horse has got to turn pick its foot over the pole there and get the other foot over the pole and the hind feet have got to figure out where the pole is so you know you could just take them at all different angles around poles and different things like that so they're you know, and they'll, and they'll sort of step on the poles and they'll get a little bit fumbly, but then they'll start to kind of pick and place, pick and place. And it's just an, an emotional thing where the horse is kind of being conscious and having to pick up their feet, not just drag them around. So the next question is about horses that are in a position where we need them to be still. So, you know, there's picking up the feet and there's putting on the saddle. 
And quite often, if a horse isn't quite comfortable with with those things, especially the saddle part of it, and then you go to ride them, the sort of, as you call it, the worry cup can sort of build up. So I've got a question about girthing um, that I want to get to, but can you just explain, because this is such a common one, we hear it a lot of the time. Uh, what are the signs, the really subtle signs that a horse can make that they're actually just not happy about that girth being done up or the saddle being put on? Well, you get the, uh, the one of the signs now, which is um, usually when a horse has been taught to stand still and put up with a saddle um, they and they don't like the girth, they can get quite defensive. So some horses pin their ears and they start to, you know, they see the saddle coming or the saddle blowing and they get quite anxious and almost like they'd like to bite if they were a little bit braver or they thought they were allowed to, they'd, they'd almost be aggressive. Um, then they've got the ones that kind of, they've got that pinny, cranky look and then they kind of nip as you're putting the girth up and stuff like that so you you start to see nodding like that you know nod 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 I'd like to bite and my ears are pinned back all that sort of stuff real hard eyes sunken square eyes you know a lot of tension around the face so you've got those stiff frozen horses that have a lot of head movement when you do up the girth um which is probably the worst situation because they're the ones that need to you know learn to be a horse again and and maybe move and um, loosen up when you do up a girth. And then you've got the other ones that can just get generally fidgety. They kind of get narky, but then they kind of start moving their feet and they start moving away and that sort of stuff. So the frozen ones usually have harder expressions, tighter, sunken expressions, more, you know, they 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 can be, they're, they're more frozen and rigid in their whole body, um, but then they tend to have a lot more head action because they can't move, they're not moving their body around. So their head, you know, if I held right. you, yeah, no, so, so if I held somebody, uh, like in a bear hug, and then someone came up and tried to poke them on the nose or poke them, they'd be like, ang, 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 like that. But if um, if you were free with your feet and someone tried to poke you on the nose, you'd just walk away. Um, so a horse is frozen in its body and emotionally, you know, stuck. They're, they're the ones that <clears throat> have a lot more head fight. And, um, yeah, the nodding, the all that sort of stuff. And, and, and yeah, it's just so... <clears throat> And then the ones that fidget, uh, they still think that they can move their feet. And, and for the people who have got one that fidgets, it's probably better having a fidgety horse because the fidgety horse is using some sort of flight response to um, adjust to the uncomfortable pressure opposed to defensive response because it's so frozen. So um, a flight response or moving away from danger response is a healthier response than, than, than freezing and getting very defensive because, um, you know, it's, it still shows that the horse is able to move, not freeze, and that's, that's, that's much better for horses emotionally as well. So um, how to fix it? So you've got two options. Well, you probably got more if you looked at them, but I'm, I'm going to talk about the two options that, you know, there's, there's one where, and I think you might have mentioned it in, in the question is, you, you know, you listen to the horse and, and you go slowly. So as soon as you see signs of concern as you're doing up the girth, you wait a little or you back off a little till the horse softens and you slowly go in increments until you can tighten up the girth and get it to full tension. Um, though, and and if, if a horse was listened to right back at the start and, and that was done right back at the start, it may have a reasonable effect on getting a horse comfortable uh, with, with a girth and, and you not have the long-term effects of sort of um, the the um, defensiveness and, and, and bad feelings around girthing. But um, 
<clears throat> I think once they've sort of had the saddle quite a few times and you're having trouble, I think for me the best way of training horses is offering them an alternative to to what they're doing because um, it's like I said, if I had someone in a bear hug and someone else come to poke their nose, they'd, they'd be quite, you know, they'd bite and protect themselves whereas they'd walk away. So walking away is an alternative. <clears throat> um, so... I usually put a belly rope on a horse and at a distance, so I have a longer belly rope, I'll put a bowline around the, around where the girth will go, so a loop and a bowline so I can tighten and loosen. And um, and I'll just stand on the on a, at a long distance from the horse and I'll just start pulling up on that belly rope. So I'm far enough away from the horse that I'm not there to be bitten or anything like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then I'll just take up the feel and the horse will go nod, nod, cranky, cranky whatever it'll do, and I'll take up the feel, but I'll keep the feel there and maybe <clears throat> put a little bit more feel on it. And then as soon as the horse mm, does a step, for instance, I just let it loosen for a step forward, and then someone's going to go, well, every time I girth, the horse is going to walk away. It's like, well, it's not if you teach the horse to follow the feel in a certain direction. So, so you know, usually I will teach them to lead forward with a forward feel on that girth, and eventually when I go to girthing, I'm going to girth straight up. And and on the on the on the um the, the, the videos on the um subscription videos there's there's plenty of like girth girth, uh, belly rope lessons that I've got on there for people who, for horses that have been aggressive um, and things like that and and just young horses that I'm starting where I where I teach them how to lead with a belly rope and stuff like that um, but basically you pick up the feel the horse does all its emotional stuff but you keep a feel there till the horse makes a change which is a, a positive change which is usually leading forward to start and you keep doing that until the horse goes I might just step forward and instead of getting cranky because that's an alternative as soon as I move my feet the pressure eased off a little and then you ask again until the horse starts to trust that and lead with it just like it's leading with a with a, with a head collar or, or, or a halter you know so um, so basically it's leading softly with that belly rope and then I'll back it up into the belly rope and lead it forward and then back it up and lead it forward till it's just going, oh, this is a, a pressure. And the good thing about doing that is the horse is not shutting it out because they can't. You're asking a question and, 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 and the rib cage has to be uh, feeling that and the horse has to be conscious about things happening on its rib cage. Now, eventually you get it soft that it's just moving backwards and forwards softly. And then when you go in, you can start to change the angle. So you ground your feet where you would be when you girth your horse you pick up the feel on the rope, on the leading rope, the one that's on their head, and, and you don't pick it up to back them up, but you have it showing them that if they walk too far forward, forward will be unavailable. And then you put your hand on their back somewhere or probably their wither and show them that I'm grounding now. And you make that rope compress like a girth around their belly. So you just pick it up or down, depending on which way you've got the knot, and it will compress on their belly and just slowly compress a little and then take back off, compress a little, back off, compress a little until you can get it to full tension. If they walk off, you can hold it a little bit and until they stop because the pressure is different than the pressure when you pull them forward because it's going, you know, the rope's going forward and it's not doing the full compression. So then, yeah, then eventually you just, they'll, they'll soften. Um, and sometimes they'll nod a little bit. And if you think they're still knotty and a bit bitey and stuff like that, you just go back to leading forward with them and say lead forward instead. And, 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 yeah, and if you do two or three days with a belly rope, um, teaching them to lead and soften, most of that stuff generally goes away. Like I've had some really good results with horses that 
you know, the people have been trying listing and going slow for six months a year and they've probably made a 20, 30% change on the horse, but the biggest change happened when we offered the horse an alternative pathway and then led them into softness. So the, 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 what I'm saying, you know, we're talking about body language and stuff like that is leading them into softness means the horse starts to soften, engage with the direction and it's soft with the feel that you've asked it and it looks um, calm in general, um, it's not dull, it's, 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 it's kind of light in the feel and, and yeah, it's expression is showing you nice, nice, uh, you know, happy, healthy expression without that sort of gritty, hard expression that they had beforehand. And then by the time you pick up the girth, I've had these horses that used to bite. As I'm girthing them up with the, with the belly rope, they just come around and they sniff me while I'm girthing and there's no hardness in their eyes. They're just loose in the muzzle and, and, and they're just checking out what's going on instead of going, oh, I'm disempowered and I have to stand and, and you're touching my sensitive area. That's amazing. So you've really just been able to create a huge mind shift just by enabling them to sort of um, mm. move their feet around a little bit. Yeah, just about everything in training, if you really think about it, is, you know, there's there's a sort of what we might perceive as a negative behaviour. That, that, that negative behaviour is perceived by us as negative, but it, it's the horse's expression. And so, you know, we might see a horse looking away as a negative thing, but for the horse it's a positive thing because it's looking over where his friends are. Um, so a girth could be like, well, the horse is going, I'm wanting to shift a bit with this girth, I don't understand it. So we see it as negative, but then we go, well, at least the horse is kind of, it's doing something and, and it's positive for the horse because it's trying to figure out or do something to help the way it's feeling. So then you just offer it something to do that can start to turn in a positive behaviour that would be positive for you and it's an alternative for the horse. So it keeps them thinking and active and, and every training's like that. The horse leans on the reins. Okay, well, I might hold the reins till it softens and backs up. That's an alternative to leaning. Everything's an alternative. Okay, and so last question for this week, a horse that is quite active, uh, one that is feeling fresh um, but isn't able to do turns and backups just because it's lame, how do you get it to refocus? Or from you I'm know, from, this the, is in from hand. the ground. I think this is in hand. Sorry, is this in hand? It is. I'm guess it's in yeah in hand because it's lame. Okay, so so really, um, you know, if you still got to take the horse out for walks to get it a certain amount of exercise and take it different places, but you can't do any big movements with the horse. Really, all you're going to be doing is shifting their thought. So you don't like a, the reason I do a backup or a turn or something to shift a horse's thought is because when you're riding, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to pick it up on a rein and say, you know, can you let go of that? And sometimes, if a horse had a strong forward thought, you'd be backing it until it let go of that thought, and that might mean the horse might back five meters until it finally lets go of the thought and thinks backwards. And 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 if you can't do that, then you you're going to be using more um more more things like um, a bang of the leg or a pop of a flag to say, hey, let go of that thought. And because and, and cause some horses that are really, really braced, I'll use, that, that are disconnected, I'll use their eyes or their, their other senses to get them to let go of thoughts opposed to the feel sense where you create a movement to, to get them to let go of thought. And that could be, as I say, it could be just stepping across a little bit, picking up a feel and redirecting their focus a bit. Um, it could be, you know, as I say, banging a leg, popping a flag to redirect their focus back. And 
just before they go into uh, an area that, so say for instance, they, they're in one area, they're kind of reasonable and they're just looking away a bit, take them into another area further away from their safety, they get worse and then further along they get worse again. So you go to that area that you can kind of get a reasonable change and you practice getting their thoughts and getting them present until they're really good at it. And then you take them to the next area, which hopefully because you've got them good in that first area, the next area is probably um, like the first area would have been. And then you get them to let go of their thought and, and be more aware in that second area and then that third area that would have been the really kind of gazy area technically should be when you get to there nearly as close as the first area and you can uh you can tap into their mind a bit so you don't go you don't walk 500 meters and then go oh crikey i better change their thought you go 10 meters and go right i haven't i, I have to adjust their thoughts and get them more present in that 10 meters and get them comfortable before i go to the 20 meters and the 30 meters so you're trying to keep that horse in an adjustable frame of mind and present as you're going further and further into the areas where they usually gaze off a lot more. Um, if you go too far and you haven't practiced um, an adjustable mind, so adjustable mind is every time you interrupt a thought, they just, it's not like a hard interruption. It's more like a, oh, can you come back? And they go, yeah, fine. Or, you know. And, and they're happy with that, then then they're going to be easier interruptible, easier to, to interrupt when you get further away. So as I say, pop a flag, step back, take a feel of the rope, get them to look across. Sometimes with some horses, I just put a little bump in the rope. Uh, you know, so when they get a hard thought, I'll bump and they'll let go of that thought. As soon as you see them let go of the thought, I might draw the rope across and get them to look across. So I know that rope still, it wasn't just a bump, it was a, it was offering a pathway. Um, and yeah, just just do that and and as i say your movement can 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 help too where you step you can step in a different position stuff like that to help them but you've got to do the most important thing or the most effective thing don't don't try three ineffective things then to, then then finally do the effective one figure out what's most effective because the sooner they change the thought the easier it gets and the more that pathway in their mind opens up to you know being adjustable it is all about the thoughts, isn't it? We started off with that. We've come right back to it. That's your expertise. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to all the questions that have come through. They've come from our members in Germany, Australia, and New Zealand. So spreading around the world, it's lovely to hear from you. Thanks very much, Mark. We will talk to you again soon. We know you've got to go to um, help another horse very shortly. So thanks for squeezing this one in. No, thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. Just imagine how much you could learn from Mark and his unique perception. He's been developing training that turns many of the standard horsemanship approaches on their heads for decades and to great benefit for all. Online training videos available now, marklangley.com.au.